You're listening to the Metaphysical Mentor Podcast with Michael Philpott, providing you inspiration, information, knowledge, and motivation to help you on your soul's path. Covering topics related to health and happiness from the mystical to the metaphysical and everything in between. Making the unknown known. Now let's join the podcast to discover today's topic. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. This is the Metaphysical Mentor Podcast with, of course, me, Mr. Michael Philpott. And uh, I got a really exciting topic. Um, we're going to talk about tachyons. Very cool stuff. I know a lot of people out there probably heard of tachyons, but we're really going to actually go deep into understanding tachyons. So before we get started, Dr. McNamara, I always say this at the beginning of every podcast, I got to thank my listeners. For those who are listening on Spotify and Apple, really appreciate you. Um, I got a lot of new listeners over in Europe. I have some great uh, people listening in Germany. So I'm going to say hello to all my German people. And of course, your home country. I got some a lot of people from Ireland listening now, which is amazing. So shout out to all my Irish people over there. Um, and that being said, too, for those who are watching this video on YouTube, um, trying to grow the channel. It's, it's a little slow and need your love. So if my Spotify listeners and my Apple listeners, if you want to just head over to YouTube, you know, click subscribe, I would really appreciate that. And if you'd like to donate to the show to fund it, because it's 100 fund funded by you, the listener, um, I'm trying to keep it commercial free, corporate free, all that stuff. So again, you, the listener, you're the one who helps fund the show. So if there is donation links in each description, that being said, Dr. McNamara, how are you, my friend? I'm very well, Stephen. Thank you very much, Michael. Yes, you know it's uh, it's really great. I, I when I was researching topics for the show, and I'm always looking for interesting topics, and I came across your videos on the Earthkeeper way back in the day, and I thought, you know what, this is such a really cool thing, and it just seems to be the right time to really discuss this. So one of the things that I always get curious about this is that your background is an actual medical doctor and you've been a medical doctor for years. Can you just talk about a little bit about your medical background before we get started in the tachyons? Yes, uh, I graduated from University College Dublin in 1983 and then came to the United States to do my residency training. Uh, that's a story in and of itself and it has to do with Edgar Casey, believe it or not. Okay, uh, so all right, hold on for a second. <laughs> You just said the big EC. Okay, so we may have to go touch back into this. So this may be a show about tachyons, but it also might be a show about Edgar Casey. But sorry to interrupt you. Okay, obviously a big fan. You guys know that. Sorry, go ahead. So you came over here from the uh, from um, from Ireland. Yes. Um, well, when I was in uh, medical school in Dublin, in Ireland, I. Um, needed to do some exercise. Uh, I didn't have much free time, so I, I heard about yoga, so I went to a, a yoga class, and the teacher there was was very kind and very wise, and uh, he would make these uh, unusual statements about ancient history and philosophy, uh, which was uh, very Hindu-based, I suppose, and I said, I, I this was very foreign to me, so I said, do you have any reading material that that, uh, that I that you could suggest. So there was a, a, a very small little strange bookstore in, in one of the back alleyways in Dublin. So I went there and I focused first of all, of course, on, on the Bhagavad Gita and one of those uh, other um, uh, books that, that related about ancient history in India. It seemed very strange and difficult to relate to. 
But I also, they had a few books by a certain American. And at the time I didn't know how to pronounce his name, Casey. So I thought it was Case. So I, I used to call him Edgar Case. So um, then he, the, there were, um, there were a series of books like Edgar Casey on reincarnation, Edgar Casey on Atlantis. And, Edgar and I said, what the heck is Atlantis? <laughs> I bought all of the books that I could have about Edgar Casey. And of course, I just read through all of them. So this was quite remarkable. Um, and I learned that he was giving medical readings. And I said, get out of here, really? He was giving readings on medical problems, you know, back in the 1910s and 20s. So, um, you know, I had always a, 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 an interest in, they called it back then, alternative medicine. Um, you know, I knew people who practiced osteopathy, which there's no chiropractic, at least there wasn't it at that time. So I tended to uh, go towards natural practitioners. Um, so as time went by, I, I began to have some very unusual meditation experiences and uh, dreams where um, things became very, how shall I say, ex expansive. I used that word already. So I, I, I learned that there was much more going on about the world, about the universe, and about me than I first anticipated. So it, I went through a, a period of turmoil because I didn't really know where I stood anymore. I, the earth seemed very solid and uh, stable, and I knew where I was going, and all of a sudden, nothing seemed very stable. It was all very much open to interpretation, and you know, I and others were much more than I realized. So um, I made a plan to myself that I would try and visit the Edgar Casey Foundation uh, in Virginia Beach as soon as I could. So on one of my summer adventures, I actually visited um, Virginia Beach and wow. um, I set up base there for about two months, uh, visiting the library, uh, talking to people. I was a real nuisance, but they were very very kind and, and generous with their time. Uh, so um, I then plotted to invite some of the speakers to come to Dublin. So um, at that stage, um, it was uh, uh, Edgar Casey's son, uh, Hugh Lynn Casey came over uh, with uh, some of his entourage. And so I and uh, one other man that I worked with in the area in Dublin, we arranged for a conference and it was a rip-roaring success. And uh, so the need for some fresh new approach uh, to life and learning uh, opened up. And then I had the, the opportunity to actually go to the ARE clinic in Phoenix in Arizona. Uh, I think it's defunct now, but um, I met the the, uh, the people who had set up a clinic based on the Edgar Casey readings. So I I did an elective through the medical school there and uh, wrote a paper on my experience there and alternative medicine. So uh, the people there said, well, you know, why don't you come and work for us after you graduate? And I, I that never had crossed my mind. So I thought, well, you know. Maybe I could. So uh, I went through the process. It was very time consuming and laborious because um, 
they don't recognize foreign medical graduates. You have to actually do the American exams, which was fine. I mean, you know, if I, if, if, if I believed that this was worthwhile, I just had to do it. Uh, fortunately, I passed the exams. Uh, I, I did them in, in London at the time. And so became eligible for um, residency training. Unfortunately, the ARE clinic in, in Phoenix closed. Um, and so that really was the, um, I didn't have a direct in, if you like, into the, into the ARE system. So I decided I would come to Virginia. It was the closest I could get to, to Virginia. So I, I applied for and was granted a residency uh, training position at the Medical College of Virginia in Richmond. Oh, fantastic. So how did so how did Eggers' work influence your work as a medical doctor? Because he was at the forefront, like you were saying, in those years. In you know, he was diagnosing people with illness, giving it treatments. So because there's such a, a difference between what you learned in school, there's like there's this big, big imbalance between holistic and uh, regular medicine, allopathic medicine. How did you balance those two worlds in your medical profession? As best I could, um, you know, friends and family worried about me for a while because I was very odd and very different. Um, but having gone through the the, the yoga uh, classes and started to meditate and, and studying my dreams, um, I realized that, the, that we were much more than just uh, a smart animal. Uh, we have a, an emotional body. We have um, a creative a mental body, uh, the causal body, and we have access to the higher realms of existence. And I have had some very profound dreams in terms of um, explanations of, of who I am and where I came from. Um, as time goes by, of course, I became much more uh, empathic and um psychic because we all are psychic there's nothing unusual in my claim about that but um i always try to apply it in terms of of health and healing and so uh, after i went through my training program um i tried to associate with others who had that holistic belt bent in in their way of of um uh, approaching medicine. So I worked with uh, osteopaths, chiropractors, and herbalists, and massage therapists. Um, I tried to form a collective at one stage, but unfortunately, nobody was willing to uh, front up any money. So, uh, but I, I, I had a liaison with, with people both in my, the town I worked in, in and, and the surrounding areas. Um, so I did the best I could <laughs> in the situation. Yeah. Um, so, so how did you get connected to, you know, you go through this experience, um, you know, you're in Ireland, you're now in the United States, you got this big influence. And then where does the tachyon thing, because this was, okay, so this is really something that's really interesting because as a doctor and you're a natural healer, this is what you do. Was this just a natural transition for you um, to start working with this type of energy? Well, my experience on the spiritual path is that there's a revelation and uh, you expand and you achieve a kind of a new homeostasis where you, you are um, comfortable after a while and working on that level. But then all of a sudden there's another expansion in awareness and you become 
destabilized once more, and you you find that level of comfort once again. Um, in June of 2012, I saw my first unidentified flying objects. Okay. So, oh, yeah. This is getting this is getting really interesting now. All right. Now, was All this right. in Virginia or was this? Yes, some... in yes, in Virginia, and I wasn't in looking for it. Yes. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> And uh, so this, again, was outside of my purview. I mean, I had obviously heard uh, stories and I just thought, well, that's never happened to me. I've never seen a UFO. I don't know if they exist. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. It has no bearing on what I'm doing. I'm just just doing what I do. Um, but as it turned out, um, this was something which was uh, blatantly obvious. It was the daytime. I was out on my deck drinking tea, nothing stronger than tea at about at three o'clock in the afternoon in June of 2012. Well, you do have that Irish heritage. So, you know, you, Irish people do have a reputation for having a few cocktails, you know, even in the afternoon too as well. So I, it's good that you uh, preface that with just tea. So fortunately I have, that's not one of my issues. So that's uh, that hasn't uh, gone further than tea, the occasional wine. <laughs> So uh, again, I had been familiar with um, images of saucers, uh, various types, and I thought, well, whatever. But these were much, much bigger than this. And uh, as I immediately ran to my uh, computer and, and tried to find images of, of the craft I saw, these were very large craft. There were, uh, people call them cigar shaped. Okay. Um, they are snub nose on, on both ends. Uh, I don't know how big they were, but they were they were quite large, and they were literally cruising over my house, and I lost sight of them as they went over the roof. So, um, I mean, I I had uh, an understanding of of physics, and these weren't obeying the rules of of physics that I understood. Uh, they they had no wings, so how could they fly? And because they weren't flying, they were moving. Um, uh, with a motive force that I had never heard about. Uh, they were also flying in a way that craft, our craft, our, our airplanes would never uh, fly because there would be just too much turbulence. Uh, they, so that airplanes tend to, if they're flying in formation, they're staggered. These were one right after the other. Um, there were no, no portholes, no windows. They were a silvery aluminum color in the bright sunlight. Um, and you know, I realized straight away that they were they were sending me a message. So as as they were heading beyond my vision over the roof of my house, I just raised my my cup my mug of tea and I said, "Thank you for coming." So um, it's like, well, um, I had to find out who were these people, where did they come from, why are they here, and why are they flying over my house. So these were lots of questions that needed to be sorted out quickly before I could integrate this next level of understanding. So uh, fortunately, uh, on my first quick uh, search, uh, I came across uh, a, uh, a website that had just started up in Europe. Uh, it was, it was uh, uh, the 2012 portal blogspot. So okay. th there was a man living in Slovenia. He went under the code name of Cobra. So um, he, I read some of his stuff, and to my amazement, he was talking about a healing chamber, a tachyon healing chamber. And this was, again, nothing that I had ever come across before. So what, what the heck is a tachyon? 
and a healing chamber. Hmm. Okay. So why why did why are these people visiting us from another sphere, another planet, another star system? And so of course, the more I, I dug into that, I, I became aware of the importance of 2012. Remember, everybody was expecting something dramatic to happen. And I think it did. Certainly for me, it did. It was a, a dramatic expansion in consciousness. Uh, I needed to know as much as possible. So I had to go back to basic physics again uh, and review the um, theory of relativity, the special theory of relativity and, uh, and tachyons. Uh, were first um, defined, or at least posited, by um, Mr. Feinberg, who was uh, a physicist back in the 1970s. Uh, it, it, he posited it as a way to solve some of the problems that were, that were part of the, the, um, the theory of relativity, because Einstein said you cannot move faster than the speed of light. Yeah. And that, to him, didn't make sense. So he, he posited a particle that could move faster than the speed of light. And of course, now we're very, very, we're very comfortable with that because we speak about the quantum world that, that behaves in ways that we consider bizarre because it, it's not linear and speeds don't seem to matter. It's the speed of light is just a number. Um, so um, the theory behind the uh, tachyon chamber was that uh, and of course, this suited my knowledge of Star Trek, especially the next generation. Um, again, when I heard of tachyons uh, first, I, I thought, well, that's just something in Star Trek. It's, a, it's, a, it's an, an interesting word, but that's all it is. It's just a word that uh, they, they just came up with. However, um, the whole um, fabric of time and space, and Casey's talked about that. He called it a skein, S-K-E-I-N. I don't know if you have heard of that word, a skein. He no, I haven't. This. Okay. And I had to, again, I had to read, uh, look up the word skein. It's it's an old Norse word that, that sort of uh, was adopted into the, the uh, in, into English in, in the Middle Ages. Uh, he, he described our experience here as, as being in the skein of space and time. Of course, we do live in three dimensions of space and but one dimension of time. So um, I became aware that there's a thing called counter space. Okay. Where you, where you are in three dimensions of time and one dimension of space. So that's a very time bending um, concept, but it makes sense if you think about your dream world, uh, because okay. there you, you are caught in space um, but you have you can move in time. So uh, at that level, the astral level, the, the the causal level, time has a different meaning and a uh, different purpose. So getting back to where we are right now, we, we live in that four-dimensional world of, of three of space and one of time. So we have to work out um, a way of uh, dealing with those propensities because the the one dimension of time, unfortunately, it's 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 a unidirectional vector, and it brings into effect what's called entropy. Okay, yeah, I've heard of that term there, entropy. So, is entropy a basically the idea that it's kind of like a, a really broad spectrum? It means about decaying. Is that yes? Is about decaying of matter? Yes, it, everything loses energy. Okay, so, or energy. Yes. Yes. 
So here, and, and as, as I develop my own understanding of, of our reality here, our, this is a construct we live in. Um, I mean, you've, you've heard that before, but it is. Um, and, and because we live in uh, one dimensional of, of time, um, everything loses energy. So for example, a baby is born, it's, it's brilliant, it's, it's filled with light, filled with energy, filled up with, as I would say, tachyons. Um, and it goes through its developmental process. But by the time we get to about 20 years of age, we begin to lose that, um, if you like, clouds of glory that that English, English poet described as us having. So we start the process of decay actually at about 20 years of age. I'm sorry to say that, but, you know, I've got gray hair and lines in my face and all that. So, you know, it's, yeah, it goes, I hear you. It proves <laughs> entropy exists. Um, but yet there is that other aspect of reality where uh, there is a place of no time. Okay. There is a time. Yeah. Uh, so time is flexible. Now we have to go back, of course, to the to the Gnostic Gospels, and they said that the Archons trapped us here in this in this reality. So we are caught in a like a vicious cycle uh, of of of, of uh, decay, and we pass over into another lifetime, and we go through the process again. But in terms of our spiritual uh, identity, we are eternal beings. So. Uh, uh, this is our when we talk about being uh, gods and goddesses, uh, we are fractals of that uh, unified field. So our true nature is eternal. We have yeah. an eternal soul. You've heard that, and, and yeah, uh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, we covered that a lot on the show here about the eternal soul and the understanding of that. And uh, I, I just had not too recently had a, a, a gentleman and his wife on and we talked about the guard protocol and consciousness and zero point okay. energy field. So it was absolutely brilliant. I was just sitting there just mesmerized by the idea of, of God and all that and how he formulated it as his construct. So one of the things I, I researched and understood about tachyons because they're subluminal, they're moving faster than a speed of light. So how do we how do we know they exist if they're moving that fast? So how do we understand or manipulate them or use them in a way that's beneficial in the healing thing if they're moving so fast? How do we direct that type of energy that's moving so fast? Okay, this is where you uh, sacred geometry comes into place. And okay, let's talk about that, please. Okay, um, everything has form and it it obeys the laws uh of structure everything is is structured so if you look at an atom and you upscale it it becomes a solar system if you look at the solar system and upscale that it becomes a a, a galaxy and as you upscale the galaxy you 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 have um, a larger version that we call the cosmos so everything is is a fractal of a higher nature, a higher okay. order. And God is, is of course, we call it God or source or divine, you know, energy. But you can name it whatever you want to. But, but that is the form that was set up. So uh, tachyons are a substrate. They're, they're an energy. It might be the clay to use a... a, a an artist's uh, 
version of, of creation. It's just a piece of clay, but you can mold it, but it has to be, it has to form a shape. Uh, so when uh, the Bible tells us our, uh, we are wonderfully made, we are, we have, we have sacred geometry in our own bodies so that um, our energy signature is called a Merkaba. I'm, I'm sure somebody at some stage has explained that to, to you, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. It's, right. it's, yeah. But just yeah, for myself, but also okay. my listeners, because I have a lot of listeners who are very new to a lot of these subjects. So that's why I'll, I have to maybe just ask you to just explain what that means so that uh, sure. my listeners will have an understanding of that. Well, there, there are five basic, what they call platonic solids. The first one is called a tetrahedron. Uh, so it's four triangles stuck together and, and forming a structure that has uh, four sides. And tetra in Greek means four. So it's a tetrahedron uh, structure that's, that's very, very simple. And uh, in the process of uh, going to the lower planes, uh, it, there had to be a split. So you came from unity uh, to um, um, the creation of both male and female, positive and negative. So uh, the tetrahedrons um, became enmeshed one with another. One was pointed upwards, which is the male or masculine or positive tetrahedron, and the female one was pointed downwards. And and meshed at, at specific angles with the lower one, and they both uh, spin counterclockwise. So that's the Merkaba. That's the that's the energy uh, of our soul. Our soul is 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 sexed not either male or female. It has both of it. But um, in our manifestation here, of course, we have to choose one. And um, that actually is is um, if you see for example at the first chakra of, of a female her triangular uh, pubic hairs is pointing downwards so so this is this is the hairs on her head also and the hairs in her in her pubic area um follow those rules so the female hair is like like so and also if, if you especially look at a baby's um uh, chakra here the seventh chakra it's it's in a spiral so that the hairs uh, themselves obey those uh, forces that are etheric. We often call them etheric forces. Wow. So our, the, our soul is actually um, a what they call a star tetrahedron. Um, if you take that three-dimensional structure and make it into two dimensions, it's called the Star of David. So you yes. have a triangle with one pointing up and one pointing down. But that's just a two-dimensional representation of a three-dimensional structure. Um, okay, and so that is uh, that is the most simple simple structure that there is a tetrahedron, and then the, the soul energetically being a star tetrahedron. The next um, phase up from that is a cube, so you have a six sided structure, and it's basically six uh, equilateral sides. Okay. Um, and you can go up then to an octahedron, a dodecahedron. An octahedron is, has got eight sides, at, uh, at all equal. Uh, uh, the dodecahedron has 12. And finally, you come to the icosahedron, which has 20 sides. 
Okay. So those are the, the five platonic solids. They call them platonic solids. And this is not just theoretical and, and boring. It actually has an effect, in, especially in geology, because they study rocks and minerals. And these are, quote unquote, the most primitive forms of life there is. Rocks and stones actually have a consciousness. Even Jesus said that as he was coming into Jerusalem, he said, if, if, if the people didn't greet me, the rocks and stones themselves would have sung in joy. So he, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he was trying to, you know, say that they have consciousness too, and they can, they can sing. So this is where crystallography and why a lot of woo-woo is around the crystals, because mm -hmm. they are very um, prone, or they have the ability to entrain energy through um, their lattice structure of atoms and what's called scalar energy. Okay, Are I've heard fit? that term. Yeah, I've heard that scalar term. Now, this really reminds me of very old ancient technology that I've you know researched and understood about the Atlanteans. It's very, very parallel. Is it the same similar type technology that they were using, you know, 26,000 yes. years ago? Yes, and they misused it. Oh, yeah, um, of course we well, they certainly did. Yes, and and uh, they knew all about pyramids. Their own, uh, we haven't talked about pyramids yet. Um, they use them as weapons of war, and Ka Casey describes that in in, in a lot of details. Um, uh, there was one specifically in in uh, the Bimini area, which um, caused a, a worldwide catastrophe. Uh, catastrophism is is a recurrent issue on the earth that we have to deal with. But during the Atlantean times, um, the manipulation of energy in a negative way actually triggered uh, a cataclysm that was not natural. Uh, yeah. So um, we, we, we suffered greatly. Both the good people and the bad people went through a, um, a tremendous um, destruction. And it took us many thousands of years to get back in, into some semblance of civilization again. Yeah. So is that what it's used in the chamber is, so you have the sacred geometry. So yes. that is basically, is it, like, how does that work? So in the chamber itself, now, is this just a, a room or is it like a sunbed, you know, where it's encapsulated and there's all these different walls around you? So how does that work? Like if you can just kind of walk us through the process of yes. between the crystals the um the sacred geometry pulling it down and things like that so maybe you just kind of describe how that works yes um i i say the whole room that i have it is is the chamber okay. but it has components it has it has a, a pyramid and i'll explain why that's important uh, it has crystals a lot of crystals and is there any particular kinds of crystals that you use is it quartz crystal is mostly it... quartz mostly, mostly quartz. quartz yes um because quartz is, is the simplest form of, of crystal. And most people who use crystals, um, especially for manifestation work, they, they use the, the, the purest crystal, uh, quartz crystal that they, that they can. Now, of course, there, there are different uh, crystals in terms of, well, you can call them impurities, where there, there are different colors, there are different patterns uh, within the crystal itself. So if you like, they have, some have personalities. So if you work with, let's say, um, amethyst, um, it's, it's re it, re it relates to the color violet, which is your seventh chakra. So it, it tends to open up uh, to, the, to the higher dimensions. 
Yeah, um, I got some right there. I got a piece right there, right there, and the yes. uh, holding the camera. Yeah, I got my crystals all over the place. So yes. is is that the reason you use crystals? Is it because they're programmable, or is it they already had a a pre programmable feature or in them already that you can use to absorb or direct tachyons? Well, it's it's the most um, advanced form of matter there is. Um, again, this goes back to um, the whole cosmos is an ascension machine, basically. Everything, every, everything is consciousness. Even as I said, rocks and stones have have, have consciousness. So we're we're all in the process of upgrading. So you know, animals, plants—they're all living in their own um, um, dimension. They're all uh, of consciousness, and they're all striving to get to the next dimension. And that's why uh, we like animals, of course, to live with as our pets, but our pets are interested in us too, because they want to evolve. So this is how they evolve to the next uh, level. They have to live with us and um, develop psychic abilities. And as of course, yeah, we all know how cats and dogs are, they can read our minds and stuff like that. And <laughs> so we have to develop compassion. So our, our, our Dogs especially have such loving um, hearts uh, that we, you know, you come home and you're grumpy. <laughs> your 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 dog comes to greet you, and and he or she loves you. It doesn't matter if you're grumpy, happy, you know, sick. Um, but he, but they know that you're sometimes that you're sick, and and yeah. they you can see that worried look on their face because they they have concern, empathy. So yeah. everything is evolving. Uh, crystals are evolving also they want to be of service and so interesting yes everything is evolving yeah i never heard about that the idea of you know crystals itself evolving into that too as well so that's you know that's pretty fascinating i mean it, it kind of makes sense if we're all coming from the the same consistence thing like we're all part of consciousness we're all trying to grow in evolution and be of service and that's what we're trying to do is be of service as humans uh, to the greater to the greater cause. So, with the the crystals in the chamber, is there is there a, a special alignment that you have to put them? So, you had the pyramid, you have the sacred geometry, you have the crystals. What, how are they ar ar uh, arranged in the uh, the chamber itself? Is it through the sacred geometry as well? Yes, but uh, let me just go back a little bit. Um... To, to tachyons, okay? Because, okay, please. Um, yes, uh, because um, tachyons do not exist on the planet because okay. of... Yes, this, okay. this is, this this is, is part good. of... Um, when the archons arrived here um, about 26,000 years ago, that's just one cycle ago. Uh, so it's, it, you know, in terms of the universe, that's that's quite a short time ago. To us, of course, it's not. But uh, they 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 took over the planet, and uh, they turned us into a slave race, um, and uh, tried to sever our connection with source. So they built a, a, a fence, or a um, a um, how would I say, like a grid around the earth, or yes, a grid around the earth. Yes which was not natural. It, it was a, an electromagnetic grid of intense uh, density and uh, frequency. 
So it it started that spiral where um, you know Casey himself describes that the, the humans that first came to to Earth um, a long time ago they they almost lived as long as they wanted to. Uh, they left when they they had done whatever they needed to do. But with each with each fall of of mankind, and he he described that the fall wasn't just once. It was it was a number of of gradations, slowly but surely. Um, we are at the lowest level of our development now, and we're starting that that crawl upwards again. So, um, you know, even in in the Bible, they talk about Methuselah and um, uh, that family living to nine hundred years old. Yeah, and, there was a, there's so, a lot of references of of that. You yes. know, even we talked about. I think I forget who was the Jacob. Maybe I probably get this wrong. My my Catholic school teacher would be cursing right now me if i couldn't remember this but oh maybe it was sarah i think when she was like she it was exactly uh, having a child at such an older age but yes because they had that technology there you know 200 300 years was nothing back in those biblical times but as a lot of the researchers say uh, as far as those atlantean times six thousand years three thousand years is absolutely nothing and it's from I guess from my understanding it is from this type of technology that they were incorporating and using at that time to have those extended lifetime years. Yes. Which I mean, it seems just crazy, like 6,000 years. I mean, I'm worried about 80, you know, 90 years, let alone 6,000, but maybe we just need that amount of time just to figure stuff out and get everything straight. Yes. You know? Yes, you see, that's part of the trap because, you know, yeah. let's say you live to, to 70, 72, whatever. Um, you might have learned a lot um, as in comparison to other humans. Um, but uh, let's say you were a doctor for, for that period of time. Well, you know, you would, you would die and you would find out um, that you really didn't know that much. And you would have to, you know, the soul would urge um, another appearance in the earth plane to learn a different aspect and oh and by the way that's another thing when you um, experience the, the healing it's it's a healing also of, of past lives so i've become aware of some of my past lives and that's again another <laughs> aspect of of one's you know development but yeah, I, don't I, was, go... I was i was sorry i was going to get i was actually one of the questions i asked because you were talking about time is linear and we're living in that four dimension and yes. one of the, you know, through your, um, some of your works that you did on, on YouTube and stuff at your shows and your seminars, they talk about healing and changing times and changing time. And I thought, well, if it's linear, if you're working on the present and future, it changes timelines, but, but can it change the past? And I thought, can they change some of the karmic patterns yes. that you're facing in this lifetime? So yes. that can help your future lifetime at this present moment. Yes, that's that is another truth, and that as you change, as as you change your your future, actually your past changes too. Now I know that sounds bizarre, but um, not to this it does, It's the Mandela effect. You you've heard this before. Yeah. Uh, so when you go into what's called counter space, where there are three dimensions of time, and there is just one dimension of space. Um, uh, there are there are a kaleidoscope of possibilities, uh, and this is where 
choice as a, as a soul comes in and Casey just says, you know, choose you this day whom you will serve. <laughs> and, and so the choice is always there. It's, 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 it's individual. And uh, so we can choose our future. We are actually creators, even, even uh, in this limited realm, we do choose our futures. Um, so let me, let me describe the mechanics of, of the chamber yeah, please bearing, do. Bearing that in mind. Okay. First of all, we have to understand what a, what a pyramid is. Um, it's a very unique structure. It's a very powerful structure. And that's why there are so many on the earth. People think there's, there are pyramids only in Egypt. I'm sorry. There are thousands of pyramids um, all over the earth. The, the, the largest grouping is that I'm aware of is in China and Xi'an province. So uh, just look up Chinese pyramids and, and you'll, you'll see them. Uh, there are also pyramids under the ocean because uh, our history goes back to Lemuria and um, um, there are other ones even prior to that, you know, according to Hindu uh, cosmology that we're in the fifth root race. So like we're only like the fifth version of humanity. <laughs> there, there were four other versions of us. So, and the earth has expanded its consciousness too because Gaia is a, is an entity okay and she she has offered herself in service to us so that we would learn how to evolve because uh, she needs to evolve she will become a star as in and in, in sometime not a Hollywood star but an actual real star <laughs> um, so everything is in service to one to everything else so a, a pyramid um, and, and I love to use the the the, um, the image of the prism, the P R I S M prism that 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 you had demonstrated in high school, where uh, the teacher would beam a light into a prism, and it would split it into its its seven primary colors, called primary colors. Um, a a pyramid is a is a four dimensional a, a prism. Okay. So, so the so whatever goes into the pyramid is refracted. That's that's the the where the light, etc., is bent, and any other form of energy is bent towards the center. And of course, this is why, if you study the the Great Pyramid in Giza, uh, there are various chambers in there because this is where the energy is concentrated. And for uh, experiencing out of body experiences, for example. Um, in the king's chamber, uh, I've, I've been in there and I've, I've lain in the sarcophagus, etc. And, and uh, Napoleon was one of those who did, and he regretted that because <laughs> he wasn't prepared for the for the energy that he was uh, about to experience, and uh, he had a very bad time in the chamber. Yeah, so it's, it's it, I've heard stories about that. I've actually I talked to John Van Aken about that, and he's how everything just changed when he went in there and like when he do you got he, a part of the ARE to do the um uh, a tour there about about meditating in that and I always thought to myself that would be like the craziest amazing experience so that's on my bucket list but yeah they're yes. really powerful like pyramids are very very powerful and very what they were powerful. used for yeah very powerful yeah so you don't physically have a pyramid like a structure in there do you actually have is it made out of a certain material it is a shape. It's just the shape of it. Shape is everything. So um, it's an amplifier. Is that what it's doing? Uh, it's a. I suppose it would. You would call it yeah, an amplifier or a condenser. Okay, condenser. 
So at the geometric center of the pyramid is its more, most powerful nexus of, of energy. Um, the, and people have taken pictures of pyramids, even in, in Mexico, I've seen them, where um, if you catch it just at the right time, it'll show an image of the energy being uh, shot into the, into the air into, uh, in, through a column of light from the, the pyramid itself. So pyramids were built in ancient times along certain ley lines or energetic flux lines across the earth. So the earth, it's a living creature. So she has, uh, she has her own acupuncture points, if you like. And uh, the main meridian, all of the main meridians tend to come out from the pyramids of Giza. So uh, it concentrates the energy and then can be distributed as directed. Um, now the pyramids that we have are um, are mainly offline, especially the Great Pyramids. They have been decommissioned and well interfered with, so they don't function very much anymore. The the casing uh, stones on the outside they were they were taken down and actually used in, in building the city of Cairo. But you need it, uh, those casing stones were very important because they built up an electrostatic charge. Um, okay. Yeah. So you you do need um, you do need materials. The materials are important, and the the pyramid that I have is a metallic pyramid. It, but the shape is the key. The shape you, is you, the key. Is yeah, it is, is it basically right side up, or is it focused down with the point down, collecting the information or the energy or the tachyons and refocusing like the pyramid because it's you know it has that triangle effect. Is it this way, or is it more you know the regular you know facing it, upwards? It, it, it is it is pointing upwards and it has the special angle at the top. It's it's um, called the golden angle. You've probably heard of the golden mean. Okay, yeah, I think from geez, that's like high school math. I can't remember that, but yes, it sounds yeah, familiar. It's, yeah, it's one point six one eight. But uh, if you take it into geometry, there's a there's a golden angle, and each of the if you if you have the most if you want the most powerful pyramid, it has to it has to have a special angle at the top. Now you can make it very steep and and, and flatten it if you want to, but the, but the ideal is to have it the angle at the top fifty one degrees fifty one minutes fifty one seconds, and that results to six six six, which as you know has has connotations, but that was because in Atlantis it was used negatively, so it became known as a kind of a, uh, an evil series of numbers. So um, if it has that angle at the top, it will it will be at maximum fu functionality. Yeah, is there a special metal that you have to use um, for it the can pyramid? Be, uh, the the Russians are have been using steel pyramids for a long time, um, and so they are probably the the experts now in pyramids in, in the world. Uh, I believe there's a place outside of Moscow which they store a lot of stuff because it, there's no it overcomes entropy. You see, so in a way you don't need refrigeration after a while if you if you can store it things um in that special geometric shape um it, it will last forever interesting and, well i guess that would make sense if, if everything is based or comprised of energy and if it's not losing energy if it's not degrading it's basically the same so yes. is that basically how disease and things change you know um with the technology because everything is energy based so if we're starting beyond the molecular. So we're starting in the atomic levels. And is it infusing or changing the chemistry 
of the body whilst being healed? Chemistry is is unaffected, but the but the energetic uh, uh, imprint is is restored to normal. Okay, I, I used the the image of the infant being born, and it's 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 almost glowing with health. And, and as children, you know, we 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 envy them because they have energy to burn. <laughs> and if only we had that energy again. So uh, that that's what happens. It, you you step out of out of time. And that's um, that was the the gift of the the school that, that was in Giza, which Jesus went to as well as Casey described. Uh, he went through the whole process, even though he didn't need to, uh, to show that he too submitted to the rules, if you like, of of, of being here in in, in this um, limited uh, consciousness. Uh, so again, I've been describing the pyramids now. Um, Let's let's look at the crystals. Um, yes. Okay. The, the crystals can be programmed. That's why we use them in computers and watches and um, atomic clocks and all of that sort of stuff because uh, they're they're very predictable. And uh, the purer the crystal, uh, the the more perfect it's functioning. Okay. Some people like to use imperfect crystals because they 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 you know like. They can do things that even the perfect crystals can't do because you can inlay your own personality into it. But if you're just looking for the perfect uh, response, uh, you can entrain the crystal with with your energy, to your energy structure. And I would like to describe scalar if if you if you would let me. Yeah, please do. Okay. Yeah, you know, yeah, uh, I've heard of that uh, healing energy. Yes, um, it's there are two forms of of energetic. Um, transmission. Um, one is transverse, and you've seen that it's it's a sine wave. It it, it goes uh, and it's it, uh, it it is both above and below the baseline. So you have that, and it's it's called sine because in Greek it's it's the letter S. So it's it's an S shaped wave. So it's a wave, and it, it it takes a certain amount of time from being transmitted to being received. It's, it's fast, it goes at the speed of light, but it, it does take time to get from point A to point B. Uh, scalar is different. If, if, um, if you had that um, analogy in, in high school of, of using a slinky to, to show how the, the wave is, that the, 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 your science teacher would wave one end of the slinky and the wave would be, you would see it um, transmitted along the slinky, the wave. Now there's the other form, which is called longitudinal. It's not transverse, like uh, going above and below the baseline. So it's sent as a pulse. So it's a pulsed form of energy. So it's not as easy to demonstrate with a slinky, but uh, instead of moving the slinky from side to side, you, you push it like that. You send a jerking motion and it's sent as a pulse down directly through the slinky. Okay. And it, there is no time involved. So scalar energy is both transmitted and received at the same time. Interesting. Scalar energy. Yes. So you're taking the time factor out of it. And this is um, what, you know, it involves its zero point energy as well, whereby the, the, the spiral gets tighter and tighter and tighter. And then it can be passed through a, a a small nozzle, for example, and it, huge amounts of energy can be, 
be transmitted as long as you can get the spiral properly. Uh, and it can be used um, both negatively and positively. Some, some, there is some weaponry you've become aware of, I'm sure, with strange fires going on across the earth. Um, that those unfortunately have been scalar weapons. Um, so um, believe it or believe it not. Um, so the crystals um, can be conduits for scalar energy. And this is where the tachyons come in. Finally, we've gotten to the tachyons. <laughs> okay. Um, now to bypass that that um, uh, electromagnetic fence around the Earth, you have to be able to to to, to uh, take advantage of um, deleting time from the from the process. Okay. So there are uh, spacecraft out there, um, Musk and SpaceX, and there are others that, and you can rent. Uh, time on a on a on a satellite out there if you're if you're wealthy enough, and uh, Cobra has has done such and has placed his own uh, oscillator there, um, and the, the oscillator sends a frequency that will be picked up preferentially by the by the crystals that he has altered himself uh, through a process of it's called tachyonization actually and there is a there is a technology for doing that and a pat a, a, a patent has been patent has been issued for that so it's it's a known technology oh that's good that's, that's good to know so yes yes it, it is a real thing it's it's not just invented even though i thought it was just on star trek um but star trek was great too so don't let me forget to to uh to discuss that because there, there was a lot of amazing truths told in star trek um so uh you can bypass the electromagnetic fence and um it the tachyons then uh, are concentrated inside the, the chamber and okay. where the, the, the person or the patient is lying inside the chamber. The, 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 the tachyons are focused at the second chakra. Okay. So why the second? Because that's, if you remember from your Casey material, this is your, this is your creative chakra. Okay. Okay. It's the, it's the womb. Okay. The, the first chakra is the, is where, prana or the kundalini is is stored so it's it's um it's just like an energy storage area that's your first mm -hmm. chakra um casey talked about the second chakra being the open door it has to be opened to allow the kundalini to rise so i also use the analogy of i mean some people come from quite just quite uh far away distances to come to to here so this builds up a a a, a, um, a thought form because and actually I've had people from Canada, so it takes a while to get here from Canada, as you as you know. Yeah, so, it's good for yeah, depending on which side of the country you're from. But yeah, I've actually heard uh, there are some people from uh, Quebec and uh, and Ontario stuff like that. It's it's a little bit of drive. It's not all the way to Florida, but no. it's still a still a bit of a drive to Virginia. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So what happens is, is let's say um, they decide to come to Waynesboro, Virginia. Um, it sets up a, a thought form or a, or a timeline, okay? Okay. Because that, that's who we are. We're we're creators. If you if you decide to do something tomorrow, that you're you're creating tomorrow. You are. You're a creator. Um, and so they they set that as a thought form, and they they say, well, what do what do I want to happen to me in the chamber? So um, they usually either mentally or physically write down things that they, they would like to happen, be it 
physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. Um, and so by the time they get here, they're, they're primed, if you like. So the device just unlocks um, their creative processes and works through the second chakra and opens up the, um, then the seventh chakra. Because Casey, if you remember, he, he says, and I remember that interestingly, he, he, the energy doesn't move from one, two, three, four, five. No, Casey said it goes from one, two, to seven. And then six, Interesting. Uh, five, four, and three. Yes. So, um, so it's it's uh, our bodies actually um, mimic the the energy uh, flow in a solar system or um, a galaxy. I'm sure you've seen that. There's a spiral. Let's say it's a spiral galaxy. But but what happens is that that's just the what's called the accretion disk. Um, the energy flow goes from the galactic center and it's sent out as, as a, 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 a tube of, of high velocity beyond the speed of light. I mean, this is not just me saying that. These, these are, this is a known fact. It's so, so it sends it as, a, as um, a huge tube of light, both through the North Pole and the South Pole. And then the energy uh, spirals uh, uh, like so on the North from the North Pole and spirals in the opposite direction. So, and it forms that accretion disk. And that's why uh, uh, galaxies are, are, are planar, but still, okay. but still have that spiral um, arm sequence going around from the, the galactic center. Okay, so uh, the second chakra, the, the, the basically that's where the energy is focused on. Yeah. Yes, it, it comes through the open door, you open it up, by your creativity, your your desire, your um, uh, Casey, how to take your your um, ideal. He would often say it's your ideal. So uh, when you come primed into the chamber, it opens up um, the uh, the second chakra and then creates that um, reality that that you're looking for. You actually are changing your timeline. Wow. Right? So let's say you've got a, a bad illness. I mean, I had. I had pretty bad allergies before I got the chamber and now I don't have any, any allergies anymore. So I, I can speak from my own experience that way. So you get on a different timeline. So it just changes timelines altogether. So you may have a predisposition for a specific timeline and it could be a genetic expression of anything that may be happening or a disease that's in this genetic timeline that you maybe you know wanted to experience. But now if you had a session in the chamber, that could possibly change that particular timeline of not having that disease. Yes. Or it could, in the opposite way too as well, again, go to the past, heal any timelines in the past. Again, as we change the past, we change the present. As we change the present, we change the future. So again, you're changing that timeline too in any possible karmic patterns that may be influencing you in this lifetime. So in a way, it also works physically on the physical body so you don't have that but also on a, a deeper spiritual conscious level you're changing and you're upgrading too because you're no longer bound by those other influences that allows for that expansion yes does that make sense yes everything is energetic and uh, we are gods i mean i and goddesses so you know 
this is what we have to learn and and it's it's really it's great it's not it's not a burden um but like everything else that we you, when you develop a skill it it takes time and and work but this is um this is what we're here to do and mm -hmm. if we are to um you know grasp that opportunity to to be more than we are be all you can be and more um we are multi-dimensional beings and we experience that usually only in a sleep state when we when we travel in time and space as as needs be and sometimes we have magnificent uh, um, uh, experiences and sometimes not so magnificent but uh, they all have their own um focus on on something that that needs to be needs to be healed basically yeah. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about is the sessions itself. So is it like one and done, you're in, you're out, and that's it? Or do you have to have multiple sessions to initially to, to facilitate uh, a level of healing that you're what you're looking for? Yes, initially uh, a number of, of sessions. Um, five sessions usually is what I recommend. So um because it's it's gradual and you know, we try not to have too much of an impact on the body. Now, if, if you've been, you know, seriously working on yourself for quite some time, it, it's probably something you can deal with. But I've had I've had some people not, not having a, um, a terrible experience, but it's been somewhat overwhelming. Um, and at times I, I, I think something's going wrong, but actually it's going right. It's just that it's it's such a powerful uh, experience that they're having um that they need time actually to to, to process in the chamber to yeah. process it yes because there's um, yeah because there'd be so many different things like emotionally just even mentally the different thoughts yes. and emotions that could be suppressed that are coming to surface to be healed and yes. to come out of consciousness i mean anybody who's done any type of work and you know, on themselves, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, spiritually or just trying to be a better human, there's always that process of processing the emotions or thoughts, feelings, traumas and things. So if you're going through a healing process, you know, certain things could activate a little bit quicker that you don't have the foundation to kind of like balance it. Okay, this is what it is. Like if all of a sudden, all the stuff's coming to the surface real quickly, and you're kind of get overwhelmed. It, it would it would really make for a, you know a, a challenging experience but in the long run it's always better like i always say it's better to out than in you know get it all the stuff out get the uck out and get in and stuff like that now with the sessions does it have to be every day or is it going to be like one once a week like if somebody's traveling from outside the country or outside the you know outside the uh, you know town or anything else that is it just one after another or does he have to take a day in between? So if you got out of, out of town guests, um, how does that work for them? Well, ideally one session a day, but because I live in a rural area, I, I've learned to, to bend the rules a little bit. And if, if nobody's having any dysfunctional experience, then I let people have two sessions a day, but I, I try and stretch them like one early in the morning, one late in the afternoon. And, uh, you know, spread it out over days and so they would they would spend maybe three days in the area here okay. uh, and it's beautiful especially at this time of the year so uh it's it's always a, a pleasant place to come it's very historical as well uh being in virginia there's um, lots of history there oh my god lots yeah. of history yes yeah. lots War. lots of things to do lots of things to do 
You know, I could always go down to the ARE, get a treatment, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's... lots of different things you can do. I, I think that's a, an excellent idea. So one of the things I, I was always curious about, and I hate to say this too, that there's a lot of people out there, they're very unscrupulous. They have some bad judgment and morals, and they may be using this as a ploy to just to have a, a chamber that's not real. How do, yes. so how do one negotiate that if they're looking for this technology and they have the intent to really heal themselves, you know, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, how do they make sure that they're not getting played and taken advantage of? That's one of my big concerns about this because there's a lot of shady people out there that would use like, oh, I got a check on Tabor, a cha chamber, come, come to me, I'll, I'll charge you you know, some extraordinary price for healing sessions. And, you know, people, are, you know, for the most part are, are willing to be open, but sometimes we get a little naive because we just, we're looking to have that. So how do we avoid those pitfalls and those traps? Well, number one, um, Cobra has um, a, a network around the world. Uh, I was the first one actually to to offer it to the public, but there. So just sorry, just to, just interrupt. So what is Cobra? So just for my oh, oh, yeah. Sorry, exactly. He he is a gentleman in in Slovenia. Okay. Um, it's not his real name, obviously. Uh, it's a yeah. code. Um, so I don't actually know what his real name is. Um, but <laughs> I've met him, and he is real, and he's he's a nice guy. Um, and um, there. are our audios of him speaking uh, and you can hear that he's he's from eastern europe um so th that is one source of uh kosher if you like kosher uh, tachyon chambers and it's on his website uh it's www.2012portal.blogspot.com uh yes there is there are there are people unscrupulous people who are and Jerry rigging something up and, and just calling it a tachyon chamber. Well, I mean, uh, if if you would like to ask them, where do the tachyons in your chamber come from? Um, you know, you have to have a certain expertise or knowledge in terms of, of physics to, to explain that. And I've seen some images of what they have and um, it's, um, it won't work because it's 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 not based on on sacred geometry, and this is this is a pattern that that uh, our creator set up from the very very beginning. Um, everything is a is a fractal of something else. Okay. So, our our bodies are wonderfully made. Um, there's a pyramid at the at the center of every hemoglobin molecule that we have. So. Um, and the the uh, the globin, the, the the proteins that are in hemoglobin, they're the spiral arms. So our the hemoglobin molecule is a little galaxy all on its own. There's okay. a, there's a, there's a, an iron molecule at the center of that galaxy, and okay. we have billions of them in our body. Yeah. So, yeah. So just just to uh, reiterate, so if um, so we can go to, obviously we'll have that information in a description. Um, is there any other things that we should be looking for? And when choosing that, is there another website or another company that's offering these products that is legit that you've been associated with or anybody that, uh, yes, um, I have bought some tachyonized, um, materials. Um, there's a, um, 
you know, it's it slipped my mind. They're in California. In fact, they were the first to offer tachyonized products, um, and that was back in the nineties. Um, I I don't I don't remember their name, but it's it's tachyon something or other, and they're okay. based in California. And they sell crystals. They sell uh, pendants, uh, you know, like this. Um, so. Um, you know they're they're selling genuine material and 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 even this here this uh, this is a spiral so it it obeys um, again sector geometric principles um, and um, you know they sell things to protect you from five G etc etc six G so um, yeah that's the but those that's the only one that I would feel. Um, is on the up and up because they, they have the longest history and they have a they have a re very good reputation. So what I'll do is once the uh, show is uh, finished, um, I may ask you to send me an email just so I can have it in the description so uh, you can okay. research that. So for better for those who are listening, so um, Dr. McNamara, we're out of time, my friend. No, saving so. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it went by so fast. And uh, I, again, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk to me. I mean, we, we could have a few other discussions about Casey and all the different things. I know you've written uh, a book about Atlantis too as well. Um, it's such a fascinating topic. I mean, he's been a big um, a big influence in my, in my life in this show um, for, uh, for many years. I actually got one of his books back here. And I've had a lot of guests from around and associated with the ARE. So I've always been a big, a big, big, big fan of Casey's work and that. And he's uh, very much influential on myself and the show. And uh, I think it's just a fabulous message. And that being said, so um, if people are looking for your office, they want a treatment, they're in the Virginia area, or they may want to take a vacation, get a treatment, um, where can they find you? So tell us your website. And where are you located? Yes, it's uh, www.tachyoncounseling. That's one word. It's T-A-C-H-Y-O-N-C-O-U-N-S-E-L-I-N-G.com. Uh, I don't think you'll find it hard uh, to, to find it. It's a very unusual name. Um, and you can find the phone number, number there. Uh, and uh, I'm usually here uh, five days a week. If needs to be seven days a week. Um, I opened a, a goddess portal here with my um, partner. So um, that also is just a treat for people to come by. It's free of charge uh, and you'll experience the divine feminine as well. And, yeah, uh, beautiful. And yeah. I will have all Dr. McNamara's information in the description below. So I'll, don't worry if, you, if you're listening to this and you go, oh, I can write that down. All the information of all my guests are in the uh, descriptions below. So I'll have all that. You can just check the link, click, go over to the website, check it all out. And I'll have a link to some of his YouTube videos too, as well, when he did with their Earth Keeper. But you can see those on his website too, as well. Again, Dr. McNamara, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you very much, Michael. It was my pleasure. I really, really enjoyed that. So everybody, I'm just going to close off the podcast here. This has been the Metaphysical Mentor Podcast with Michael Philpott. Thank you so much for joining me and goodbye for now.